Aloha and welcome to this Think Tech Hawaii show on, on Thursday, August 26, 2021. You are watching the show, America Finding Its Way. And I'm your host, Stephanie Stoll Dalton. Our show topic today, uh, Kapu Hun, Afghanistan and Hawaii, um, we, which reviews uh, top, top leaders' pronouncements to set policy and new rules uh, for the US. So as you heard recently, the US House Speaker Pelosi made Afghanistan off limits, even to elected governor, government officials who had experience as uh, combat veterans there. And then we heard Hawaii speak to make Hawaii kapu by discouraging visitors coming from anywhere. The House Speaker Pelosi's assailing uh, representatives Major and Moulton, their sneak visit into the Afghanistan during the airlift, in, during airlift she said that that was uh, really not a good idea. And that's why she didn't want uh, anyone else following in their footsteps and would not facilitate anyone traveling there to observe or otherwise. Hawaii's governor seriously discouraged visitors to the islands as he tried to manage the COVID crisis, rising over 55,000 cases total. Other state leaders responded to uh, the governor, like Senator Psyche, who didn't see how deterring visitors would make it better at all. And he suggested that the governor discourage travel to Las Vegas. The uh, chairman Kai of the Senate Energy, Economic Development and Tourism Committee said Ige's recommendation was overdue. Let the economy take a vacation, he said. It will surge back. So we have assembled um, think tech guests on this panel to discuss uh, these challenges. Um, and we would like to have conversation as a panel. Uh, on, on this program today. So I wanted to introduce these informed um, hosts, other hosts um, and, and participants in this show. And they are Jay Fidel, and uh, they are Tim Apicello and Winston Welch. Thank you all for being here. Morning. Well, let me ask uh, to start off, uh, what, what was the impact of Speaker Pelosi's statement? that it was not a good idea to travel to Afghan to observe, even for veterans who knew the theater. Uh, the whole thing is, the whole thing is a big zero. Uh, they went over there and looked look stupid. You know, uh, I think, um, you know, sometimes uh, the way it works is just spell my name right. But this was such a small peanuts thing and so stupid that they they, they can't even, Nobody will remember them in a few days. Um, just, just to say that there were two jerks who went over there and wasted resources that were so critical in bringing 100,000 uh, Afghans out. And her remarks were too late for the whole thing. What's your next question, Stephanie? Uh, I'd like to chime in real quick. <laughs> um, they probably don't realize that if they were taken hostage by either Taliban or the, this new ISIS group, uh, what a bargaining chip that would be and how uh, feckless the United States would look. So it really was a stupid move on their part. And um, thank God nothing came of it. 
Well, that that actually was the next question is what what are the issues she was addressing? I mean, she made that statement, um, you know, it's not a good idea, but what what were the compelling US interests there? Exactly what you say, Tim. I mean, how how uh, did she, she was she balancing in any way our security and safety with transparency? I mean, what was she I I I didn't understand what were her motivations for making that statement. Uh, other than the danger factor. Um, it, you want me to pine or someone else? Yeah. Well, look at the logistics for bringing in a congressman. I mean, we already have the airports at capacity. You're bringing in plane. Um, you've got to have a certain detail to protect the congressman. So it's, it's pulling of resources that are stretched thin already. And now you're expending resources to uh, play some political game with two uh, congressmen. I mean, I, I'll go with Jay's comment, just stupid. Winston, what, what effect does her pronouncement have for you? Uh, I'm not so concerned about Nancy Pelosi. As, I mean, we have so many domestic things to focus on. It was stupid for them to go. Who wants to, who goes into an active essential war zone um, on purpose? Uh, a, a, not a war zone. It's a, a chaos zone. This is like, would you have flown into Tehran when the embassy was, was being taken over, uh, you know, or any other collapsing, uh, uh, regime or infrastructure of, 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 of any uh, country, that's what's the point, unless you're going there on some sort of uh, rescue mission, like going to Haiti, where you're welcomed and and they want people in there and they need people in there. This is the opposite. Like Tim said, this is just distractionary, diversion of resources, puts these folks at risk, um, offers a great um, hostage-taking situation or just a disaster of a shootout or whatever. So it was just for craven political purposes that uh, they went there. This reminds me of Linda Lingle, who disappeared from Hawaii one day when she was governor and reappeared. You know, if she, nobody knew where she was. Her staff couldn't or wouldn't say. And, and a few hours later, she reappeared in Iraq. OK, she was you know, going to check it out. And it was a complete grandstand play. Um, it was ridiculous. Um, that the governor of a state would go to a war zone. This was a war zone at the time. It just so happened that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was here at the time um, and uh, giving talks and uh, down in Waikiki. And I was there to um, escort her. And so I told, she says, where is the governor? I thought the governor was gonna be here. I said, no, no justice. Uh, the governor is in Iraq this morning. And there was this long silence and she was there with her husband, Marty. And they said, as one, they said, yes, but why? <laughs> it's a grandstand, that's why. All right, but what about our policy, the US policy of embedding all these reporters? Remember from the get-go in Iraq, we had that one woman in there that was embedded, or maybe she went, but they were they were embedding the reporters in with the military so that we were fully transparent in what we were doing. So I thought that this was um, what Nancy Pelosi was uh, obfuscating or, or setting aside because we're expected, I think, our, we isn't that our policy is to make sure that we're we're open and can have uh, people see what are our tactic strategies and warfare, even in warfare, to show that we're rule driven and um, 
and uh, you know have guidance from all of the air wax and all the planes and everybody that up all every single move practically is approved almost by the White House that we do in any war situation. So I thought that that was an established position of the US and that she uh, was going against that position. Does any, um, what do you think? Uh, yeah, what are you thinking, Tim? Well, I'd like to see the SPJ, the Society of Professional Journalist cards from those two congressmen. They're going on a reporter's mission. Uh, number one, they're not trained. And number two, never insert yourself as a reporter as the story. So um, no, <laughs> it doesn't wash. Okay, even though they both were veterans from the war. Doesn't matter. They're inserting themselves into the story to be the story. To get the points. And that's what, Winston, you said that. Anything else to say about it other than they're going there grandstanding for points, for, for political points? It's just Stephanie, I think you should mention this is a very dangerous place. And in fact, there was a, uh, a suicide bombing this morning uh, well, that, killed, that killed a lot of people. Uh, so, you know, you want to go into that? You, you stood a chance yesterday, the day before, and certainly today and tomorrow of being killed in a suicide bombing. But in fact, it was by ISIS. It was by ISIS. So, I, you know, I thought, um, you know, that is really critical to define the theater we have here and to define the theater we will have between now and Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Well, and also defines what the Taliban are looking at soon as we go they're gonna there's they're they're not without a shortage of enemies all around them and you know if, the, if these congressmen really want to help we all know that this is it's a it's a bad um exit it was a bad you know for 20 years what have we been doing there and for the people that have lost their lives and given their lives or or uh, their minds or limbs it's been you know devastating but assuming that you know we're just pulling out now just because that's what we're doing um these congressmen should be going back to their own districts and saying, what can I do in my own district right now to help the vets that have been there or to help with COVID or to help with uh, some sort of economic program and see well, anything. There's a number of, of many important things that they could do that would be meaningful in their own districts rather than- I think they get booed, don't you? I mean, I if, if, there's, if there are sentient people in the crowd, they should be booed as pariah. Well, they may be booed, but I, you know, there's so many other important things. This is an important issue, certainly, but them going there is not going to change the story. It's uh, it, it might change the story if they got you know uh, some uh, tragedy befell them, but otherwise, this we're trying to have as orderly a withdrawal as in the mess and chaos that it is, and they don't need to be adding and stirring the pot anymore. Well, I'm I'm just a little bit uh, surprised that there isn't a more concern for the transparency of it because it really is a shut down situation. The whole airlift, I mean, they're work. It, it's taking so much to do it, and 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 it's in in circumstances that are costly and dangerous and explosive at any moment. But but there there's, well, there's a there's a uh, I think she's English. Um, I can't remember her name. She appears on MSNBC as a, a remote. Um, uh, news news gatherer in Afghanistan. She's very courageous, a really good reporter. She's making her name right now. And she was on, uh, I want to say MSNBC, possibly uh, Rachel Maddow show yesterday, where she said, well, I've been measuring this every day, the value of being there and reporting back about what's going on and the risk of being killed every day. And I'll tell you right now, I left 
I got on a plane and left because I decided that it had tilted uh, uh, against staying there. It had tilted in favor of saving me. And I think um, if she, she was very courageous, she would go into these really desperate and, and uh, threatening situations, um, but, but she left. And I think the press has got to make it, you know, it's, it's, got to, it's got to find that line. And that line here now on this is already passed. This is crazy violence. It's chaos. You want to stay in there. There's no benefit to you. And you are in mortal danger. Exactly. Well, that's Kapu, Afghanistan. No one else is to be facilitated to go there by any of these military lifts or other resources that all of these Congress people use to take these uh, informational information gathering trips. I mean, there is a tradition of well, that. Well, not to defend them, Stephanie, but the two congressmen who went there a few days ago <clears throat> used commercial airlines to get in. And th they were, of that plane, of course, was empty. Nobody is flying into Afghanistan now. Uh, but they used the military aircraft to get out. Yeah. And that's the real violation. Yes, I'd like to know if there were Afghanis going back out with those congressmen. I bet there weren't. Well, no, they said that they're they're going back to the U.S. on the military flights. Took spaces that that Afghanis could have had, or other you know other or Americans that are are trapped in in Afghanistan. So that was their bad. Also, that that was another concern, and that that's you know, valid concern. Well, let's come back then now that we've got the Kabul of Afghanistan done for now, and I'm sure it's gonna be that way now for other reasons for a long time to come. But for Governor Ige, um, did Governor Ige deserve the criticism that he got from Senator Psyche and, um, uh, or did he deserve the praise that he got from the committee chair, Wakais? In other words, uh, Psyche said, um, he didn't see any reason why this would help. And he said for, for the governor to, to, to discourage travel to Las Vegas, whereas the uh, chair Wykey said that it was long overdue and it should have been put in place last, last month and that Hawaii's economy can take a break because it'll bounce back. So what do you well, think? Uh, well, you know, you know, Stephanie, um, um, there's there's two streams of information about the effect that tourists have on the level of COVID in the state. And I think for you know, a few weeks, and it's been increasing dramatically in those weeks, um, the, the word was that, oh, no, it's, it's just community, community contagion. And mostly it's in the, you know, the West End of Oahu and uh, where people don't want to take vaccines. And you have the military, which, you know, at the time was unvaccinated. So, um, you know, it's not it's not really the tourists. OK. And then most recently, though, they found that an extraordinary number of tourists actually tested positive. Um, and th that has to tell us that, you know, our worst fears have been mm, uh, realized and that, you know, our, our common sense should have told us weeks ago that the tourists were bringing the COVID because the testing protocols are really ineffective. You know, how do you know you're not infected when you have a disease that you can catch in one second um, between the time you're tested and the time you get on the plane? I mean, it's absurd to think that the testing is really a, an effective way to identify the cases. It's not. We, yeah. We're dealing with a variant that moves with the speed of light. 
So, you know, now we know that a lot of tourists are coming in with this. Um, so I, I go with David Egan. I would go much harder. I would really shut it down because as long as they come in, we're going to have an increase in that surge. As for going to Las Vegas, same thing. I would shut that down too. But he can't, you know, he can't just shut down the uh, passage of people from one state to another. That's a constitutional right they have under the Commerce Clause, so yeah. forth. Bottom line, though, is uh, we really got to do something. We're up there with the worst of them these days in terms of the percentage of increase in contagion. And we got to do everything we can do. Queens is maxed out. We discussed that yesterday. Um, so, I mean, what's, what's happening now is really deadly. And we all, all of us here now today have to be very careful, but the state has to be. So I, I would be more, um, uh, more draconian by far than David Ige has been. So Tim, uh, what's your take on this? Uh, my take is right with Jay's and that is um, hospital bed capacity seems to be the driver of how we shut down or not shut down. And uh, they're filling up, Queens is filling up. And when you get you know, 35,000 tourists a day, um, some tourists think the laws of physics don't apply to them because they're, at, they're, they're on vacation. And that's why we see so many people tourists drown or fall off cliffs or you know, break their, you know, their pelvis on hiking trails because they're, just, they're on vacation and nothing can happen to them. Well, if something happens to them, where are they gonna go when these beds are all they're spoken for? Uh, they'll board them along the hallways at Queens. They'll board them somewhere but um, they're not gonna get the best of care when you're boarded along a hallway. And um, I think the governor had a point to, to caution tourists from coming in. If it's not for them bringing in a virus, it's certainly that um, if they should get hurt, have a stroke, have a heart attack, whatever, um, there may not be me uh, medical services available to them. So think twice. Well, um, you know, this, this brings up the, the latest tr uh, concern that, that's being uh, posted that the the the, uh, the the problem now is between and the tension is between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated and that people are beginning to be concerned that they can't get into a hospital and they've done everything they can do by taking the vaccine and the rest and other people are there taking spaces so that that there there there's a concern that this may erupt in into some some more of this tension and bipolarization of people and maybe into more trouble than that. So hopefully um, with these boosters and what we've been doing lately with the approval from the FDA, do you think that this is gonna bring this rate down so that we can get out of these other uh, difficulties that can make our, our situation much, much worse? What do you think, Winston? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's a lot of questions right there, but basically, I, I think the governor of Puerto Rico said you must be double vaccinated to enter our island. Our governor could do that too, uh, uh, requiring that. And, and, and the testing part, yes, that too. Uh, they have a six-hour PCR test. I would say, you, you want to come to Hawaii? Okay, that's fine. Go to the airport six hours early, get your test when you're negative and you can clear or eight hours early or whatever it is. You get a thing on your Hawaii safe pass. It says I just passed my PCR test less than 12 hours ago or whatever it is. And then you, when you come here, you will also quarantine for at least four days. 
in your lovely hotel and then from there you can be free. That only solves part of the problem, but you, when you're here, you will also wear a mask at all times. I noticed that the governor of Oregon said when you're outside and you're in, in anything where you're not just passing someone casually on a trail, and even then, when, you, when you're having so many people coming in record numbers, most people need to be wearing masks. So this is a crowded island. You can't hardly go anywhere without other people around. That that's another requirement. But we still have then the homegrown problem of parts of this island where last time I checked, it was like 30% vaccination rate. So the uh, mandates for uh, city and county workers, for federal workers, for military, uh, for individual shops and restaurant owners, uh, I think that there's a lot of shops that are really wishing they could have a mandate from the government so that they don't have to have Karen meltdown moments in front of their restaurants when they ask people for their IDs. It is just the law. If you want to enter this place of public um, uh, commerce or establishment, this elevator, this building, where the public is allowed to transverse. Then but you, you know, Winston, have we have a lot of pushback on this. And I think uh, we should discuss, Stephanie, um, what's going on in front of uh, Josh Green's uh, apartment building. Well, yes. Know, but the, the, the latest news that it's uh, got some kind of anti-Semitic overtones, but that's not how it started. It started by these anti-vaxxers who were protesting every day for a week in hundreds of people, hundreds of people against vaccines. That is unbelievable here in Hawaii. Was, uh, but they're there, they keep, they keep coming out. And the other, the other shock of that was no, none of the people understood that, that Green handles everything from a, he, he's a doctor, so he has a medical point of view and he's a practicing doctor on Maui in his spare time. And he handled that interview uh, very well. He was actually on, wasn't it? It was Rachel Madeline, I think. He was on, he was on uh, television the other night. But he has a great difficulty with this because he's um, being assaulted um, in, in his home and the people are rabid and they won't listen to um, the, 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 the conditions at all. So does, did, um, did why, and then he was also asked uh, why he was uh, the one that they were demonstrating for because he's the lieutenant governor instead of the uh governor and he said well that because he was seen as a person he he was doing a lot of the work from the medical point of view and he thought that that was a contribution that um you know the governor it, it wasn't because the, you know the jewish space invaders were coming down with their aluminum foil hats from space um it's just as it's just as screwball crazy as that uh I, you know i i find i find that you know, we here, we think in, in our little shows, your show, Tim, and, and your show, Stephanie, uh, that we live in, in, a, in a state of rationality where people can, you know, relate to what we're saying, that we represent a larger view of, of the public sentiment. Not, not, there are nut, nut cases out right here in Hawaii. And this reveals something that should surprise us all, but also disappoint us all. Well, I, I think that that was a shock when I saw that on on the um, you know on the TV. I, I truly was astounded that that somebody had they had come out and then they're pushing you know no forced vaccination, and um, that uh, and they think that uh, that there's things that are going to happen to them as a result of taking it, and um, it was um, it was very um, concerning and they don't seem to be. Um, 
aware of how big is the population in Hawaii that is vaxxed. I think we're, we're second, it, I believe you know, they- You know what, you know what struck me? And maybe you guys noticed more about that news than I did. I was looking at the news articles to try to figure out who was running it. And you know, this is a small island, right? Um, who's in charge of that protest? What organizations are involved? You know, it did not. Uh, it, did they ever mention it? You know, the, the press never really drilled down on who was doing it. It's just this nameless, faceless, anonymous crowd out there. Who's yeah. responsible for that? Well, it, he, he called them the anti-vax protesters. And that, that's what, and he said the reason they were there too was because he is seen, he believes that he is seen as the voice of reason on behalf of science. And so um, they, they um, are not uh, in any way understanding, you know, what is actually trying to do, which is get everybody to understand what the science is and know that they can do this without putting themselves in, in greater jeopardy. In fact, it's the opposite. They will die without it. But, but uh, you know, the real scary thing I think is that when you saw Rick Blangiardi at his mayor's conference, we're looking at five times more cases right now. I think what they probably should have said is we're opening up a field hospital um, to, to handle the overflow be, uh, for COVID cases so that we can treat heart attacks and strokes and car crashes and tourists breaking their hips in the regular ICU. And that's where they really needed to go with this because that's what the reality is gonna be if the cases match the increase that's projected uh, uh, as of August 15th. So, I mean, the real story here is that they probably haven't gone far enough. They don't wanna scare businesses and tourists too much, but I noticed it made headlines around the country. However, the tourists don't seem to be altering their plans at all. And again, it may not just be tourists, but who knows, how do we solve this without a vaccine mandate? Maybe we don't, maybe, maybe we have our stores on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays and the weekends are for people who are vaccinated and workers who are vaccinated. And the other days are for the people who, and the workers and the customers who aren't vaccinated. And that's the way that we're gonna solve it. I don't know, uh, but. But I think understanding that we've had a 436% increase in hospitalization. And that ought to send a chill up everybody's spine because that means uh, that that's bigger than that than than COVID. That's hey, Stephanie, you know it's not just bed capacity; it's medical personnel. And it's going to if these you know today's eight hundred and forty nine or eight sixty nine. I can't remember. Um, these numbers continue. Hospitalizations will follow. There's not going to be enough medical personnel to take care of these patients. You're going to get into a very bleak, dark uh, triage tag system, and that means. If it's not likely you're gonna pull through, uh, you won't have medical personnel dedicated to you. They'll move on to someone else that has a better chance of survival. And that's, boy, that's bleak. That's a disaster, um, major disaster kind of territory. And- um, They say we're on stage five of stage seven out of like a military disaster um, alert or something along those lines. That like only gives us two more levels to go. Yeah. And you know, and you know that uh, they are already importing uh, nurses. Yes, already. But we don't. We don't have enough nurses. They're importing. Yeah, and they're not. Way. That many's not coming, Jay. I mean, they only get so many out here. Well, they, yeah, well and you have to pay big bucks to bring them in. By the way. Well, they're also they're doing that because there are eighty nurses that have arrived and one physician. So that just came this week because they're in in such distress. But this with the medical people, they're they're starting to 
polarize also because they all take the Hippocratic Oath, which is you don't make decisions on treatment uh, in, in those terms that, that Tim was describing and, and you too, Winston. And so what, what then another one said that they would have to ramp up with was the whole triage process, which is what they use in, in war and for battle ca casualties, yeah. that they go in there and triage it. And that's where they would start to get into some of these issues. But they're very sticky and concerned about, they, they get very very sick and unhappy about the unvaccinated when they find that out. But then they just ramp it up and go on because they have that Hippocratic oath. So it's going to take another way of thinking about it, or, or it's, you know, a, probably a policy to triage in ways if it, if it's going to continue to get worse. But I think 426% increase, I think it, Hawaii is on the verge of a, many more temporary hospitals. And maybe the military again is going to have to kick in because I don't think as is, I don't know if Tripler is full, but Tripler would have more capacity too. And then with temporary hospitals, but um, yeah. So I, I think that what we were going for here was to take a look at the, the influences that are out there and the things that our leaders are saying and, and doing, and what, what is the impact of that? Because we're in this crisis situation, dreadfully challenging as much as the, the Berlin airlift and you know the end of Vietnam. So these are very important times that go down in history. So when people make statements and including in our state for Ige to make a statement like that, what, what, is, what is that gonna mean? Are people gonna take that seriously and not come? Does that, does that mean they won't ever come again? Probably not, but is that the kind of impact we need on the world that Hawaii's not welcoming? Okay, but and and, and without any um, policy uh, that he's trying to make clear. So I think that uh, those kinds of re statements on the part of our our leaders need to get get some pushback and also some discussion so that they'll think about it more seriously when they're talking to the press. But um, thank you all very much. This is uh, Think Tech Hawaii, and this show is America Finding Its Way. And the discussion has been exciting for me. And I look forward to seeing you all in another week. So aloha. Thank you.